Welcome! Today's episode of Cinema Gush is brought to you in part by the trope Chekhov's Hobby. The fine people of Chekhov's Hobby know what makes you special, and they want the world to know too. They understand that one of your hobbies is pretty much your only defining characteristic. And while the rest of the world may scoff, the fine people at Chekhov's Hobby won't. Because they get you. They understand that your oddly specific understanding of the granular differences in snowflake density or your esoteric knowledge of the au of Wayne Knight's film career or your ability to identify a knot by touch alone will one day have significant, potentially global consequences. And when that day comes, Chekhov Hobby has your back. Chekhov's Hobby. Streamlining exposition dumps since time immemorial. second episode of cinema gush and we're back and 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 we're excited because today we get to talk about movies that we love because that's what we do we just we gush about things that are good goodness and gush. that is what we do here that is what we do here we love talking about movies especially movies that we love or movies that you love or who our guests love that are just personally wonderful to them it doesn't have to be the godfather it doesn't have to be casablanca it doesn't have to be gone with the wind it's that movie that you just can't shut up about. That's what we're here for. Movies that get you excited. Yeah, that's right. And and today we're here to talk about a train. It's the little engine that could. That's right, Thomas the Tank Engine. That exactly. This is this is a personal favorite movie of mine. Today we're talking about Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer was a 2013 film directed by Bong Joon Ho and written by Kelly Masterson. It stars Chris Evans. And Kang Ho Song, I'm going to butcher some of these names, I'm so terribly sorry. And Ed <laughs> Harris, and John Hurt, and Tilda Swinton, and Jamie Bell, and Octavia Spencer, uh, it, it stars everyone. It's great. Literally just said five actors in a row and did not butcher a single name. Well done, sir. Well, well I was, well was expecting... Not a single butcher. I was expecting more <laughs> Korean names, though, so... <laughs> Anyways. Okay. Can, can, can we gush... I mean, I'm Brendan. I would love nothing more than for you to gush on this day about the movie I, Snowpiercer. I, man, I love this movie. This I, okay. Some of my favorite movies are movies that have layers, right? Like you can dig and and like I like an onion, like it like an onion, like like a donkey in an animated movie. I. <laughs> I love that you can take this movie, and if you want to sit down and watch this movie as an action movie that takes place on a train, power to you, you'll have a great time. Mm -hmm. If you want to dig deeper, you will find layers after layers of meaning and imagery and thought put into every corner of every frame of every second of this movie, and I... I just love it. I can watch this movie in the background while I'm doing something else, or I can sit there and stare at it with a magnifying glass, trying to find the <laughs> reference that I didn't catch last time. I, I, oh my gosh. Like, I, I've literally seen this movie interpreted under so many different ways. I've seen people interpret this movie as an anti-Marxist movie. I've seen people interpret this as an anti-capitalism movie. I've seen people interpret this as an environmental movie. I've seen... Personally, my favorite interpretation, I love looking at this movie. This is my favorite movie about murdering God. Murdering God. Oh, man. Murdering God. This is God. for all you Final Fantasy fans out there. Final Fantasy. And what's that one that everyone freaked out about? The book? I don't uh, remember. It's half of them. Keep going. <laughs> Asterix. Nick Lishko and Brendan Quibido both attended Franciscan University of Steubenville. So we are very much God people. <laughs> 
Well, let me ask you this, Brennan. Yeah. When did you first see Snowpiercer? Okay. Was it? A, yes. A, yeah, okay. please, yeah. please, start there. So, I was teaching at a small Catholic school here in Helena, Montana. And I was moonlighting at a small indie theater, the Myrna Loy Center in Helena, Montana. And so, I would, after work, a couple days a week, I'd go run the projector. And so, I was running the projector on Snowpiercer when it came in. And I often would watch bits of the movies to see if I want to watch it. Because I could go see whatever I wanted for free. And so I'd watch little bits of the movies. You'd get some in the middle. You'd get some of the end. you just get used to spoilers to a certain degree. This is one of those <laughs> movies that I watched the opening, like, ten minutes of the movie. And I said, no, I am not going to spoil it. And I worked my ass off to manage that projector without seeing a damn frame of what was happening on that screen. What? <laughs> until that weekend and then i gotta go see it and i just oh man i just i just loved it that's uh, it's awesome i i think i saw it three times again i didn't have to pay so i just kept going over and over again i i made all my friends go see it i was obnoxious about it you might even say i was gushing about it at every opportunity ah oh, that's what we're here for yes so like you've seen some bong joon ho movies I, i've seen the host and mother and parasite I I think that's it. Have you have you seen any others? I de- so I definitely saw Parasite uh pretty quick and um I have seen I have seen essays about his other movies and you know uh we'll, we'll talk about every frame of painting later cuz that was really how I yeah. first even heard about this movie but I haven't seen Okja or The Host um I haven't seen Barking Dogs Ever Bite. I haven't seen uh, what Mother is another really Mother's good. super I've good seen, one. I need to get. Um, I need to do Oaksha and Barking Dogs too. But yeah, and I'm so I haven't seen those, but I have seen Parasite. Yes, I have seen a few. So okay, my favorite thing about Bong Joon Ho is I don't know if I ever agree with the message of his movies, and I don't freaking care because what he's mm-hmm. putting on screen is so damn compelling, and the thoughts are so worm your way into that little noodle brain we've got going that I just can't look away from them. I I don't know. Okay. First, let me just walk through this movie as, as a parable of killing God, which again, I don't think is the main purpose of the movie. I think it's socioeconomic, (laughs) but I just, I love this, right? Because I, I think this is terrifying and I adore it. So we started in hell, right? We're in the back of the train. It's clearly hell. By the way, you can't gush about a movie without spoiling a movie. Stop now if you don't want to know more. Yeah, this is your official spoiler alert. Snowpiercer is currently available on Netflix. It's a $3.99 rental on Amazon or on Xfinity. So you do have the power to go see it. Go see it. Spoilering. Begin. Okay. So, so they start in hell and they don't like their lot in life. And they're led by this character, Gilliam who is this wonderful self-giving person, although we learn later he's effectively Satan, but he's Satan teamed up with God, but he's Satan, but he also feeds the poor with his own body and blood. But I mean, uh, okay, so they got to leave hell. They get to the, to the end of the back of the train and it's filled with people wearing black masks and carrying hatchets. And the, so they're, they're, the gates of hell are guarded by demons. They fight their way through the darkness of the tunnel to get past the demons. And then they wash themselves off in the water train. So they get baptized on the way through the water train. Next train, they go through an effing garden and are eating tomatoes. (laughs) Granted, they're not really tempted. I may be stretching there, but still. They work their way through and they get to the rave scene. And what is the rave scene filled with? It's filled with people wearing wings and halos. Oh my gosh. Until they reach the gate of the kingdom of heaven where they... 
are allowed in so that so that they can meet God, which is Wilfred, who throws the whole world in disarray. And and you realize that this is this is a god of well-intentioned evil, right? And <laughs> the main character decides, screw it. Throw basically not directly kills God, kills God by kill, destroying the world, the universe, destroys the world, and everything crumbles, and everything ends. And nobody's left except two kids who, in my opinion, absolutely cannot fend for themselves. And you have this cheery <laughs> music. And and they're going to die, man. I, I don't... Uh, Bong Joon-ho has said he thinks it's an optimistic move ending. Um, the director's wrong. This is the pe- most pessimistic movie almost ever. And I love it. And this is a guy who was super clear about the ending for Parasite being pessimistic with no hope he's super clear in the fact that he said this is optimism and the fact well okay i'll get to the script in just a second well, okay okay Thank okay you. I love please you. keep Say going it. please no. keep going no okay but but yeah. parasites pessimistic ending is a hundred times more likely to occur than snowpiercer's optimistic ending and here's why he says it's optimistic so did i track down this screenplay i sure did i I mean i i had to read the script um i had to just get a little bit deeper into this film so brendan has not had the chance to read the ending so i'm going to read the ending we've already given the spoiler alert here is the last page of snowpiercer so 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 far yes the train derailed you have uh yona and you have tim and they're walking out of the train so here we go This is page 111 of 111 of Snowpiercer. The bear stands majestic and proud regarding the humans. His grunting breath rhythmically pounds Yona's psychic eardrums. Yona breathes in and out, riding the rhythm. As Tim's attention is drawn to the bear, he finally stops the hand gesture that he was making during the movie. Superimposed over his young face is his future adult voice. Old Tim, voiceover. I've been cold since the day I was born. Tim's mouth breathes white vapor. Tim. Because I was born on the snow. The rhythmic breathing turns into musical notes resembling heartbeats. Young Tim's black face and white eyes fill the screen, fade to white the end. That's why it's more hopeful, because they cut that out of the movie, older Tim having survived, having thrived, saying that he was born in the snow, I was close. Like, it's, a, it's a beautiful callback to the start of the movie oh, with where, Chris Evans' character. Well, and I noticed in the script there's voiceover at the beginning of the movie, too. I get that that's a beautiful callback, but I love that they don't do it. I love the ambiguity. Yeah. I love oh, the ambiguity. Sure. So yep. this is this is my love of all these little facets. And, and, and again, I think you can interpret this story a hundred different ways. Uh, clearly, the most obvious implications is, is discussing the socioeconomic. The back of the train is poor. The front of the train is rich. It's very obvious to a certain degree. But I don't think... Bung Joon-ho or Kelly Masterson has an answer. Break it down. The system, the man, is evil. And at the same time, without the man, everybody would be dead. Precisely. Yeah. But but yet, is it worth being alive if everyone's suffering in this hellhole of a situation and, and virtues dying? And so so we have got the man, the system, breaks earth. The system tries to fix the earth. It breaks earth some more. So it saves the system, then turns around and saves humanity. But then it replicates all the brokenness of the earth and it breaks humanity again. And we recognize that that's bad. And the answer to that in the movie is, uh, leave the earth, I think. And, <laughs> and oh. I, 
you're probably going to realize this as we gush over movies. I kind of like a pessimistic, uh, subtle, hard-to-interpret ending. For some reason, mm-hmm. it, it it gets me. So that's interpretation and all that, and that's great. But man, like the movie just, it's gorgeous. It just looks good. Like oh, The cinematography, story yes. Story-wise, this could be a sci-fi original B-movie. If it were not for A talent from director all the way down to the last person on the credits, just pouring their heart into a movie about a train. It looks pretty. The set, oh, the set design, man. That set design, gotta be some of the best set design ever. Mm -hmm. The dialogue crackles, the editing, man. Little things, like how they edit the translation software. Like they show you how the translator is working and then they're like, you know how it's working. You don't need to watch that anymore. And they just snap back in conversation in two different languages. I love it. I love it. What, what did you think? What were your thoughts? Well, is that the end of your gush? I, I could go on. I mean, that, that that's... <laughs> <laughs> that's the best part about this show is you could go on. I, I, I hear it in your voice. But I, I want to know what you thought. I, I You've seen this before now. I had, yeah. yeah. So I did see this a couple of years ago. Um, and then I watched it again just last week when you said that this is the one you were going to do. And I got to so, say... So, hold like, on, hold on. When yeah. I asked you to do the, said we we're going to do this movie, was your thought, oh, Snowpiercer? Or was your thought, ah, oh, Snowpiercer? No judgment. It was definitely the, no, it was definitely the first one. It was definitely, oh, Snowpiercer, because that movie is, I remember how great it was when I saw it. And it's one, it, for me, it was one of those like, okay, I'll put it on the shelf. I'll see it again another time. And then you gave me the perfect excuse to watch it. I mean, it's recently been back in the news because Snowpiercer, the TV show, just wrapped its right. first season. I think they're going to get a second one. Which and neither so of I, us have seen. Correct. Right. Just like Robert Louis Stevenson's Treasure Island, which neither one neither of us read, read. Yeah. Uh, we, we also did not watch the Snowpiercer TV show. Um, but I was, there's something, there, there are so many things about this movie that jumped out right away. Yes, the cinematography. Um, yes, the acting right away, the music right away. I love that this movie didn't waste a second. You know, one thing I see a lot in screenplays that I read for people, or even when I'm doing my own writing, is like when you do a sci fi concept, it tends to be something that you feel like you have to explain to death. And this movie had the backstory just about done when the credits were over with. And then, you know, let me put it this way. You get that climate change occurred. People are on a train. Poor folks want, poor folks want a revolt. Boom. Like you get it within yeah. the first like five minutes of the movie. They don't have to explain to death things because they'll explain them along the way. Um, but you're in and hooked the second like you have that train going and yeah. you see Chris Evans character being the only one that's standing. You're like, that's the guy we're going to follow. Um, and so, right off the bat, love the cinematography, love the acting. I love the color schemes. I mean, the color palette was played with so well in this film. When the lady in the yellow coat comes in the beginning, she just demands your attention because she's clean and pristine and it's pressed coat. And it's stark contrast between how poor everybody is. And then she just shows up and they find that guy and they put his arm out the window. And it's like, oh my gosh. So, I love the color palette. Um, the lady, Tilda Swinton, like her oh, character yeah. was awesome. Just awesomely funny. Like I, I even wrote in my notes here, <laughs> be a shoe, just in all caps. I don't know why I wrote that down, but it seems super important. Like that's got to be related to the theme, right? Be a shoe. <laughs> like you said, the whole killing God metaphor. I never even thought about the body and blood part before because she's like, be a shoe. We are one body, one body in Christ. Oh my gosh. Like now that is like a whole other layer. I definitely have to think a lot more about considering we know that the, um, the writer who was not Bong Joon-ho was actually, was it a yeah, Franciscan? Like he left yeah, the Franciscans yeah. right Which before he was ordinated. Which I would love to know more about, but I can't find anything. So, I, no, I ha- yeah, I couldn't either, but I would love to 
chew this guy's ear off about that a little bit. Like, did you mean all of these like well, particular I mean, mass related things? There has to be some things? intentionality there. Um, and you and you mentioned too. You mentioned too with the train, just like the different levels of that. You you might have. I'm sure you didn't intentionally mean to, but you skipped the train with the literal indoctrination of the children and the sacred oh, engine right, and the worship right. and Alison Pill, who was not great in Picard, but wonderful in Scott Pilgrim. Like so good to see her like praising, like praising these children and being like having them quote the things and sing the song. Like it was like the worst, yep, <laughs> the worst church I've ever seen. <laughs> and the passing out of the egg, that, that, that image of fertility. Yep, I, and, uh, uh, and again, there was that, like, that's the most important train on the cart, like the color. Now I did notice something this viewing in that train car, just uh, if you don't mind for a second, please, please. When they look at the, the, uh, the train as it's going around the arc, I noticed that they're all American holidays. Like they celebrate Washington's birthday and Abraham Lincoln's birthday. And they celebrate, they celebrate labor day. And that seems a little bit weird for a train. That's got all the poor people on the back of the train. That does seem a little weird. And new year's, right? They have well, new year's, but, but they don't have, they they don't have like Thanksgiving, they, but it, just, it seemed like a weird, there's like six holidays and one of them is Labor Day and two of them are Washington's birthday and Abraham Lincoln's birthday. Speaking of Thanksgiving, one thing I did object to in the movie was um, the reveal that the protein bars they were eating were crickets. So I have had cricket protein bars. I have tricked both my wife and my mother into eating a <laughs> cricket chocolate protein bar. And waited till they finished before I said, what did you think of that protein bar? They both said, it was all right. I was like, that was crickets. And just How did wa- they take that? <laughs> My mother took it like a mother would. I'm just like, ah, blah, why? Why would you do that to me? And I think Monica Ladies just went, Ladies and Meh. gentlemen, <laughs> we just learned that my co-host is an asshole. Not so, oh, I mean, I mean. Huge. <laughs> huge. Sorry. Um, so that was just. I do the same thing. I was like, when Chris Evans freaked out, that was probably closer to how my mother reacted. <laughs> Do you know what they're eating? It's like, well, technically cricket protein is like three times, you know, easier to digest. And it's actually pretty good. Um, But I will say my absolute hands down favorite moment in the movie was the right after the Yekaternia Bridge, where it's a long tunnel. Yeah. I mean, every movie needs a scene that awesome that holds up to the premise that has that sequence that you're just going to love forever. I mean, on YouTube, if you search Snowpiercer, it's going to be like tunnel scene, tunnel fight scene. Guy sweat in tunnel. Like if that scene has been uploaded so many times for people to try to get money off of, it's ridiculous. And I loved that scene. That was like the second. So good. The second the daughter is like, you know, he said, you know, you're effed because you're about to go down this tunnel. It's a long tunnel. I was just like, oh, like I couldn't wait for that moment. <laughs> I could not wait for that moment in the movie. So that was just amazing. And the boy with the fire, like, God, Chad, we need fire. Like so great. But it, and, and I think it's worth noting that it's great action, mm-hmm. and every moment of the action moves the story forward. You learn about the, the, the mentality of the opposition. You learn how they think mm-hmm. and operate. You learn about the characters. That moment where Chris Evans' character is looking back at Jamie Bell's character and realizes that all of this hinges on him sacrificing the who you learn later is this kid, who this orphan that's orphaned because of his actions. Mm-hmm. That he almost ate. <laughs> And then, and then he abandons him to die because he has to for and and in mm. that scene when he breaks away from the bad guy you think oh okay he will be all right it was just an empty threat nope stabs him right in the back just what a great I mean uh, that that whole sequence 
was by far mm. the best scene for me in the whole movie. Like, and that takes me into Every Frame of Painting, which is this amazing YouTube video essay channel. Like, if you want to write or if you want to make movies or TV or web or anything, like, you have to watch every single video on this dude's channel. He has a really great brief one about Snowpiercer and how movies often have the decision of, like, left or right. Are you going this way? Are you going that way? There's no turning back. And Snowpiercer does so perfectly that those moments, which are just about in every single movie, because every movie has to have a no turning back moment for the main character, any good one anyway. Um, and this one has, you know, Chris Evans' character. He doesn't want to be a leader. He's, he's not cut out to be a leader. But he has to become one as time goes on because his humanity is to the left side of the screen. And the future and the potential is to the right. So anytime he makes a decision to the right, he's morally losing more of what makes him human. And anytime he goes back to the left, it's like he's grabbing a bit more of his humanity. And so this movie does playing with left and right so incredibly well that if you're not thinking about it actively, you might not catch it. But I suppose because well, we've had so many stories and just in our mind, subconsciously you yes, catch it. Yes, exactly. Like subconsciously you feel it stronger, but the movie doesn't have to be like, what's it going to be? Are you going to save your friend? Are you going to go get her? Like they don't do that. They don't have to do that because the mastery right. in this writing and in the directing here is so on display. So I just, I had to gush about that particular moment. No, it's, it's, it's amazing. And, and and I love that you bring up that 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 humanities to the left and futures to the right. But there's this this interesting uh, moral question because to save the humanity, he's got to go to the right. But to to go to the right means to lose his humanity. And if he loses humanity, he may not have what it takes to save the humanity. And mm-hmm. like, like I said, I don't know if I agree with the answers. I don't know if there were any answers. But man, I love watching it, and I could talk about it forever. Yeah. It's, what a yeah. what an absolute blast! I mean, this movie just completely rocked. I really really enjoyed it, uh, and I would you know this isn't one for kids. Obviously, it is an R rated movie, nope. um, so you have to be mindful of violence and cussing and things like that. But it was very very enjoyable, extremely deep for an action movie. You guys go see Snowpiercer. You you heard go, Brendan yeah, for God's sake, Snowpiercer. go see it. It was it's excellent. Great. It's excellent. It's free on Netflix. Come on, come on. You you know what we think. We like it. We just gushed about it. <laughs> Consider that gushed. Loved it. Gushed. Gush. All right. All right. All right. So now we come to the little segment where we're gonna we're gonna explore the credits. Let's explore it. Sure. Uh, Mr. Niklishka, mm-hmm. if you would do me the favor of picking a number between one and hold on, hold on, mm-hmm. hold on. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of mm-hmm. these. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Nine hundred and eighty-six. Oh my gosh. Uh I'm gonna go with. 724. 724. Searching. So, folks, we're going through the entire credit list. We are finding the 724th person that worked on this movie, and uh, we're going to give them a little shout-out. So who do we got? And, and are you going and? to butcher the name? <laughs> yes, I am. I, I, got, I, I definitely am going to butcher this name. The person that we're going to shout-out today is M. Sick Auk. I am dash S-I-K space O-K. He held the role of digital intermediate lab manager. What? I don't know. Let's take a look at this. But he, credits. He, held, uh, he held similar roles in Kuru Kuru and Friends, The Rainbow Tree Forest, Han Gong Ju, he was a color timer, and Little Penguin Poro Racing Adventure. Oh, and he was, okay, so he was a lab manager... In the production area for Escape from Tomorrow, which is that movie where people um, they brought in a whole bunch of like DSLRs 
into Disneyland that, and they shot a movie the Disney, at yeah. Disneyland. So he worked on that or she worked on that. The the horror movie that was like stealth film. Yes, that's right. So which I remember was like a big deal and then it like That's got amazing. <laughs> Have you seen that? I've always no, wanted to see I, that. I remember when that came out though cuz it like it got all of these um <laughs> it got all these like huge, you know, press releases and then everybody saw it and they're like, "Ah, eh, it was enough." Like it wasn't any good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's see. Wow, let's see if Digital, I, like, we can find what, you on what do you Google think that, here. I'm trying to find out what this what this job is though. IMDb, IMDb. I I don't know if we're going to figure this one out. But what I can say is we appreciate what you did, M. Sickock. We certainly do. We certainly do. I see that you work for CJ Powercast, which specializes in VFX, DI, and stereoscopic 3D production for films. And you know what? Because of you, this movie was awesome. Like, if no, if no, yeah. nobody ever told you thank you for working on this production, and hopefully you got paid very well, because I know that <laughs> the industry does not pay super well. For a ton of different jobs, this movie would not be the same without you. I can't even open your website because it's all Korean, and that's actually just your company. So, M6, thank you. Thank you for your work on Snowpiercer. Thank you for what you did. You you brought some joy to two two guys running a small podcast that not even Raid Shadow Legends is sponsoring. Speaking of – okay, real quick. You just made me think of something. Speaking of Raid Shadow Legends, the whole time I was watching this movie – I thought this would make an amazing side-scrolling beat-em-up game, which for those of you who don't know, like the, oh, the yeah. X-Men Arcade, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Arcade, all those games were like you play a character and you go from left to right and you beat people up and then it's like go back you know, to the right and there's bosses at the end of each stages. This game would be an amazing side-scrolling arcade game. Like every train's a level. Are you kidding me? Like you could have like dancers fighting in the dance train you could fight the teacher with the machine gun on the education train like this would be an amazing video game like i could have seen this at the arcade at a pizza hut in 1995 just chugging quarters you you know what i'm gonna need you to pick a number between two and eight because now comes the part of the show that we like to call (sighs) say something nice let's go with three i love it when you gush about a movie as good as snowpiercer and you say all these nice, wonderful things. And now you have to say something nice about the movie Cats. Okay. So I did see Cats. <laughs> I, saw it, I saw it in theaters. You saw it in theaters. Yeah, I, I actually tried to convince a bunch of my, uh, my pod mates at work to go. And I convinced a bunch of them. They all agreed to go. And then they didn't show up. And so I saw Cats... I would have been alone if I hadn't convinced my sister to go see it ironically with me. Wow. Um, sister and brother-in-law. It was, it was, hmm. See, okay. I do want to state cats was not as bad as I wanted it to be. Really? I wanted it to be worse. I almost feel like this is not saying something nice. If it was worse, it'd have been more fun. Mm. Okay. That's, that's not nice. Let me say something actually nice. The color palette was gorgeous. I really enjoyed the color palette. I mean, it, it, it gave out this, this atmosphere. I'm not sure I enjoyed the atmosphere, but it really did give off the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. I, the, the neon, the pinks, the blues, the purples. I, I, I thought people make a lot of fun of the VFX and rightfully so in a lot of ways and the set designs changing constantly, but you know what? It, it looked good. I do think it, it looked, looked good. good. That's a very nice yeah. thing to say about the movie Cats. Yeah, it looked good. That's, yeah. That works. Cats, you've been complimented. 
I love it. Perfect. Well, uh, have you watched anything good this past week, Brendan? All right. So what I'm what I'm me and the wife have started rewatching uh, the Toast of London. Are you familiar? No, I'm not. What is that? It's starring Matt Berry. It's a you know Matt Berry. You know Matt Berry, uh, the second boss in the IT crowd. The, the son of the oh, first boss who throws um, himself out the window. Renum? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Renum yeah. Jr. That's right. Yep, okay. It's him as a uh, mostly unsuccessful actor in London, and uh, it's pretty great. It's it's a very adult show with a lot of inappropriate <laughs> sexual content, so fair warning, but I'm, I'm enjoying it quite a bit. Sounds like every British show ever. Ever made. And what was that called mm-hmm. again? The Toast of London. The Toast of London. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to investigate yeah. this. And and then we're watching, still working our way through Star Wars Rebels with the kids. Okay, cool. I have never seen Star Wars Rebels. I've seen like scenes that are heavy, spoilerish. Um, but would you recommend that for kids? Oh, very much so. I'd recommend it for Star Wars nerds. Like Clone Wars, there are slow parts to be sure, but the high parts are worth it. Gotcha. So what are you watching? I started a new anime called Arte today, which is about a girl in 16th century Italy who wants to paint. Um, mm. first episode was quite good, so I think I'll that give that a couple great. more. I usually give anime about five to six before I drop it or not. Um, Let it get its stride. Yeah, and so I think our conversation about Evangelion last week made me want to see mm. it. And the girl who is in the most recent Evangelion movie, who plays Sakura in it, she is the main girl in this anime. So we'll see how that nice. one goes. Um, I just finished my rewatch of Over at the Garden Wall this morning which oh. was so wonderful. I just, I, it's bliss. There, I, I ugh, if we ever do a gush about TV, like I, I love over the garden. I Wall. mean, it's one of the most perfect shows ever written. Um, that's pretty much an episodic movie length. You count that as a movie. I'd say so. Yeah. 110 minutes altogether, all told. And there's no sequels. There's some comic books afterwards, which I do have, um, just because I want more. I, I've, I finally get, that feeling of being a nerd about something and being like, Oh, I want more of this. I desperately want more of this. Yep. this. And I haven't had that since Firefly. Um, so th- I love over the garden wall. I finished, I think, I don't know if I mentioned this last week or not that I rewatched fellowship of the ring extended. Um, which one? Oh Lord. Yeah. Yes. You, you edited it together. If I'm not mistaken, <laughs> right? So yeah. Uh, for those who don't know, I treated myself with all three Lord of the Rings extended movies after finishing a script and turning it in. Um, and what I did was I ripped all six of the discs and I edited it all together into one ginormous movie, which I call Lord of the Rings. No, 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 the big one, the big one cut. And <laughs> it is 10 hours and 55 minutes. And I exported it at 79 gigs. I think I finally got it down to four and a half gigs this morning. Um, so I'm looking forward to just having that experience of just all of them in a row. Nice. There's not even credits. Like the movies fade into each other. Like I worked really hard on this for about 15 you minutes. You didn't have the credits fade into each other at the very end. Oh heck no, man! As soon as like as soon as Sam and Frodo. <laughs> this is for your personal use. Of you course, don't need any of, of course. That. Like as soon as Sam and Frodo like start walking down the mountain, I gradually fade in the mountains from two towers and. So I'm looking forward to that. But other than that, yeah, the anime, Over the Garden Wall is done. I'm still randomly watching Simpsons, which, by the way, Treehouse of Horror yep. 27 was amazingly funny. I will have to check that out. Yep. Uh, it's the one with Sideshow Bob finally killing Bart, which is wonderful. Oh, I don't know that one. Yeah, that one is extremely funny. And uh, past that, I th- I'm still really playing a ton of Mario 35 on the Switch because I know that game's going away. And it's a battle royale of Mario 1, so I'm just having a blast oh, doing I that. I missed out on that. Because I, uh, I, my annual subscription to Nintendo ended. I think it's free to everyone, though. 
Oh, I thought you had to have the the annual pass thing. Ah, uh, well, maybe I do. But I, all I know is I, I just, know. mine just said like download. I just clicked it, so. Um, I'm going to go find out. Yes, please do. Well, hey, everyone. Thank you for checking out our second episode. Uh, next week, it's going to be somebody else who's gushing about something else. It's not going to be us two. We're going to start having guests on this show. So we're really looking forward to people checking out more episodes. If you got questions, you can't ask them here. <laughs> we'll figure that out at some yeah, point, no, too. Yeah, yeah. So, well, but, I mean, what's, Brennan, what's your takeaway today? My takeaway is that movies are good And we like movies that are good. Amen to that, brother. Amen. All right. Hey, it's been a pleasure, my friend and my people. And we will talk soon. We'll see you all in the next one. Bye. 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 Bye.